This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Craig Muster Show, a show by Craig Muster, an executive business and life coach. It's all about helping people unlock their greatness and inspiring them to rise up and live their fullest life. This podcast is all about championing, coaching, transforming leaders, business people, entrepreneurs, thinkers, and creatives through the stories and experiences of today's frontline leaders in business, government, media, and the creative arts, apologetics, and Christianity. If this is your first time listening to our show, I want you to know that Craig has a tremendous passion to see people thrive while dismantling impossibilities. So subscribe and join our tribe. And hey, if you're wondering, I'm Craig's co-host, Tanya Rodriguez, an entrepreneur, advisor to my city's cultural arts commission, and a vision strategist. Hey, Craig, and hey, tribe. How's it going today? It's going good. It's going good. And uh, again, subject today, what we're going to get into and talking about community. This is one of the most critical subjects I think we can talk about um, this year. Uh, How are you doing today? Doing, doing great, doing awesome here. I can't wait too because we have amazing guest Tiffany Bueller here today from David's Tent, San Diego, and she knows about community. This is her thing. This is what she knows how to do <laughs> is build community. So, yeah, Craig, it's going to be great. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think there is this subject we can we can hit from five different angles. Today, we're going to be talking about dreaming within community. And part of the reason why I wanted to broach this subject specifically is that oftentimes when we think of dreams, and I remember years and years ago when I started being asked that question, you know, what do you live for? What are your dreams? And I would get by myself and begin to dream. I would get into a quiet place. I would go on a, you know, a hike somewhere or get camping or I wanted to be by myself to declutter my life so that I could envision something that I might not be able to see in the midst of busyness. And I, I heard this phrase last week. It said, uh, there's nothing wrong with busy life, but there's everything wrong with a busy soul. And I found that oftentimes our busy souls is what's tying us to our history in a way that doesn't allow us to dream about something in the future that wants to exist, but might look different than our current situation or our history. And so in a season of dreaming and getting away, getting away from everyone, getting alone, having a dream, discovering my why in life, why do I exist? Why do I want to do something significant to me, the process didn't stop there. Meaning my dream came when I was by myself, but what I began to realize is that it was impossible for me to have a full view of my dream without re-engaging with community. Meaning I needed to get by myself to see clear some things that I wasn't seeing because of, of the busyness of life. But 
It was incomplete. And I remember bringing my dreams back into the community that I was with. And I wanted to give it to them as if it was complete. I wanted to say, this is what it is. Now we just need to figure out how to do it. And I would run into wall after wall after wall thinking, what is wrong? Why are we not accomplishing this vision that I have? I'm very much a visionary. And I came to realize through time, it was because the tribe that I was a part of weren't invited into my dream to complete it. I hadn't invited them. I had simply dictated to them my dream. And because of that, my dream was more narrow. It had less capacity to be fulfilled. It was lacking in many different areas. And there wasn't the same juice in the tribe to see it fulfilled. Now, in the first episode, we started Craig Muster Show. We talk about the three spheres that really begin to develop a holistic lifestyle That means we're living what I would say the best version of ourselves. And this is true whether you're a believer or not. For all you curious people out there that are curious about Jesus, all you business owners that are listening to this and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe you've hired me as a coach or you've seen me do something within business realm. And for all of you churchgoers, all you people of faith, I would say the same thing. These spheres work meaning these fears you want to begin to develop in your life to live a holistic lifestyle. And that is number one, know who you are, your identity. That means you're going to want to discover your design. Some people think, well, you just make up who you are. No, you discover who you are and then you train your senses into that. That's the job. Number two, community. Be a part of a tribe that's bigger than you. Know how to give and take. Know how to receive love and give it. Know how to have healthy boundaries. Know how to move from what we would say is codependency, which is what a lot of Western civilization works in, the symbiotic relationship that we have with people, into independency and into interdependency, which means you know who you are, and now you're choosing to serve somebody else with all of who you are without needing to control how they respond to you. And that takes a lot of work. That's community. And then know your sphere of influence. Know what you are designed to change in this world. What is your expression is what we call it. When you're expressing yourself in a matter that brings solutions – that inspires people to rise above their circumstances, that brings comfort to people that they need comfort, brings strength to people when they need strength. That's the expression side. So identity, community, and expression. But community sandwiched there. And I believe the reason why it's sandwiched in the middle is because it's not supposed to be something that we tag on. It's not an addendum to the plan of God. Meaning God didn't say, you know what, I wish I could just do it, just you and I for the rest of your life, but I guess we'll have to find you a community. No, it's not an addendum, it's in your design. Genesis says he blessed man and women, that means male and female, Adam and Eve, and then told them, be fruitful, multiply. In a very real and physical term, that means that they were to have children. They could not have children by themselves. They needed each other. And so the principle is this, that if you are going to actually do something great in life, and one of the best 
definitions I've ever heard on leadership is an incredible leader accomplishes something great while calling out the greatness in the people around them. Now, that's not saying they're accomplishing something great attached to their ego. They're doing something significant while calling out the greatness around them. That means things that come out of a community are exponentially more effective, more sustainable, more impactful than something that comes out of an individual in isolation. And trust me, if you do the research, you will find this. Even in organizations where there's one person that everybody knows that one person, without the community around them, it's not sustainable. There might be one person who had the vision originally, but that vision has morphed with the community they're running with. What am I saying? We're talking about this today because I can guarantee you that God has not just given you a vision or a design in life to accomplish on your own. He's given you something and it's incomplete unless you allow community into it and you let community mess with it, which is really irritating for us visionaries. Like, don't mess with my vision. But it's not an accident that he's inviting you into community in this season where you are sitting around saying, well, I can't do this by myself. It is intentional. And trust me, that community is going to help your vision become what it was intended to be from the beginning. It just might look different than you imagined it. But the journey says this, if you can do it in a community, what you'll find at the end is that the thing you will remember the most of the end of your life is not what you accomplished but you'll remember the people you accomplished it with. The treasure you're really looking for is community, not a mission statement. And we sacrifice real relationships and we settle for a mission statement instead. It will not fill that void. Trust me, people. You were designed for community and community is something that you were designed to receive encouragement to receive comfort from, you cannot comfort yourself in the same way. Because of that, we have a, a very good friend of mine. And, um, you know, we know each other a couple of years and actually met because we have a similar passion, which is worship. And for those of you who don't know what worship is, worship is simply giving God credit for who he is taking the time to say, I surrender to you, God, and beginning to tell him how amazing he is. And that is something that I am very passionate about, acknowledging Jesus, acknowledging God, and surrendering everything to him. That's the, that is the beginning place in my life. And so we have Tiffany Bueller here today, and Tanya already talked briefly about her. She is the director of David's Tent US and UK, the worship festival that happens here in San Diego, by the way, for those of you who are listening who are in San Diego, and we will have it again next year. She's got a history of birthing worship movements in the UK and throughout Europe and now in the United States as well. Believing wholeheartedly in the restoration of Tabernacle of David, she knows that God is on the move towards building that purpose in the UK and the US and around the globe. Calling hungry hearts to a deeper place of worship and intimacy. In leading David's tent, Tiffany loves leading and championing prayer and worship, raising and equipping leaders and pressing into all the glory that God has for us in the United States and in the UK and beyond. Her passion is raising up a generation in prayer, discipline, creativity, prophetic lifestyles, and worship. 
carrying a heart for community values that are centered on practicing the presence of God and releasing a fragrant offering of worship and prayer to change the atmosphere of a region, city, and individuals. She is supported by her husband, Justin, and their three daughters, Hannah, Lona, and Maddie. As a couple, they have modeled their calling in the Lord on Priscilla and Aquila, which is found in Acts 18, 26, for all of you Bible readers out there. They were tent makers. That means they were business people devoted to helping others know and encounter the love of God. And you will hear this stream over and over again through all of our episodes. God wants to invade every area of our life, and he will use business as an act of worship. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew, guys, the word avoda is work, and the word avoda is worship. It's the same word in Hebrew, work and worship. So I've brought Tiffany in today because I've seen in her life, she has built a community that now carries this vision and has morphed the vision. She has firsthand experience on what I'm talking about, and, and you're going to be blessed by what she has to say. How's it going, Tiffany? It's so great. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. And, you know, you and I you and just getting to know each other the last couple of years. And I think one of the biggest things that I have been, I, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I think it is. I think surprise is the right word because I so, see so little of it. I go to England and I'm, I'm experiencing David's tent in UK. I'm here in a part of the team of the United States. I don't know if I've ever seen a community like the community that you're running with that genuinely everyone owns this vision. It doesn't feel like the vision is one person or one person's mandate. It feels like the whole community says this is our vision. How, how did that begin? And, and how, what were some of the steps that you took to see that happen? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is phenomenal when I sit back and look at it, especially in the days of COVID 20 or 19, 20, COVID 2020, there's, let's not go to COVID 20, COVID 19. Um, I just, yeah, I'm really blown away by the way that the Lord has used David's tent and just the family um, that is owning the vision and the way that they steward and facilitate. And I think really, um, the way that it came to be like that uh, is through a lot of, I mean, it, it began very grassroots. It began in um, with a group of people that have the same heart and the same vision coming together to dream up. Could we do something like this? None of us have the finances. None of us have the resources. We literally have a dream and um, presenting it to the Lord together, laboring over it together in prayer and really incorporating aspects as we were dreaming of each other's hearts into the mix, listening, hearing, and trying to see how we could develop it together so that it wasn't just led by one person and you know carried by one specific individual. And so I think that we really um, we started with that as kind of our our very foundation. And so you can see that in, in the way that we do all of all of our teams, um, the way that we lead, we try so hard to assure that we're hearing everyone's perspective because, you know, our our um, events are meant to be unifiers for the body of Christ. We want all different types of people, diversity, streams, backgrounds to be able to come into the space that we are preparing and to enjoy it and to be a part of it because we recognize that 
um, that the family of God is not just white middle-class people, you know what I mean? That we're broad spectrum and we want to incorporate that. So we've always valued getting perspective from different sides of different streams where, you know, different places in society, different types of churches, different backgrounds. So we've just always been really good at listening to um, other people on our team and having a diverse team so that we're not, it's not like an echo chamber that's speaking into what we're doing. Yeah. And I, Tiffany, I, I double dipped in 2019. <laughs> I got to go to David's tent UK. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. I went to the UK and I also went to the San Diego one. And what you're talking about, Tiffany, right now is the unity. I, I got to see that. I got to see that mm-hmm. firsthand. And I didn't go as a, as a leader or any, you know, I just went as a, as a person wanting to go and just be in an atmosphere of praise. And what I got to see is that, you know, the, there no, no agenda just other than let's worship Jesus and mm-hmm. let's be united together and let's be family together. Those are the, the you know, the, in the UK and in San Diego, I, you know, I saw that. And of course, you know, in UK, you know, we had, you know, there's like thousands of people and it's super fun with like, you know, in San Diego to camping and all of that. So it definitely had a strong family element, um, unity and, just about Jesus. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's definitely, we, we've set as the very core values and, you know, we make all, we build everything structured around our two core values. We always go back to that being, you know, we're there primarily for the presence of God, seeking the face of God. And we're there um, for each other, for the community. So first and second commandments, and that is what we have structured everything around. We make every decision based on that, which is hard because we're also holding the tension of this is a business. We are we're taking in money. We run, you know, nearly a million pound budget, and you know we've got people that we're paying. You know, we're do, we've, it, we've got all the things that it takes to run a business, but we're also having to hold the tension of this has an ethos, you know, and we want everything to be structured around this specific ethos. And I think because we constantly go back to that. Um, and, and with that, pri- that second priority being our community, you know, we spend time around the table with as many people as we possibly can. We value that so much. We value just the dynamic of relationship and doing life together with the people that we build with, um, in order to, you know, get through the trials, get through the mess and just see a bigger perspective. So I think that, you know, we're able to, we're able to model from a very core unit, what we want to see in that bigger space. Cause it's really unusual to come into a space of 6,000 people and feel like you're at a family event, you know, that everyone, that there's unity. It's, it's kind of a supernatural thing. And I think that we really found that if we couldn't, if we couldn't foster that within our own core unit, it was never going to filter out into um, the, the delegates or the family that's coming to enjoy what we're putting on. What a great point. I think, you know, if it's not happening in the core unit, how, how are you going to sustain it outside of that unit? And that is how many times we've seen it, whether it's in business or in any, even nonprofits in it, you guys are involved in both. Um, 
But anytime we try to project or we try to grow something outside of what we've worked on internally, at some point it starts to fall, fall apart. You know, at some point we're going to give in to the tension. You, you brought it up. You know, we have to have resources to see something fulfilled, the vision fulfilled. The resources are part of everything. And, and so I'm speaking to both entrepreneurs, business people, and nonprofit uh, resources are needed in both worlds. It was not that, you know, and even I'll maybe mess with the sacred cow today. Nowhere in scripture is a church called a nonprofit organization. That's something that we get tax credit for if you're building, but actually God designed the church to create wealth, not just live off of other people's. And and so there is a mindset out there, I think, that says, well, you know, um, if you're a, a nonprofit, um, you kind of put up with what you have to do with money. Um, but if you're a business, then you can create wealth and that's OK. That's that's legal in internally. It's moral. In reality, resources are needed, whatever vision and dream that you have. And the tension happens when the resources aren't there and those core values aren't clearly defined. You just said what they were. And the community hasn't walked out what you're talking about, then it's in jeopardy of giving up those core values for resources if if that decision hasn't been made ahead of time. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, what what has been your process? What have you done when, you know, the buck stops with your leadership team, the resources aren't there? How have you weathered those storms? That's a really good question because that is most definitely, I feel what probably stops a lot of like budding entrepreneurs in their tracks is having the vision and not having the resources. Um, And what we learned was, especially from the very beginning, you know, we, here we have this vision in our first year in 2012 to do our first festival. I think it was going to be like 150,000 pounds. We're talking about a whole bunch of single Um, professionals in the UK that are working other jobs. They don't have extra cash to just be thrown around at a a music festival. So, you know, we're having production teams that are saying, okay, in order for us to begin to build with you, we need a $20,000 check by the end of the week. And we're at 20,000 pounds is $30,000. And we're kind of like, okay, you know, but we're feeling this thing burning in our hearts. And as a community, we're looking at each other and we're like, we all we all have a yes. We all feel like this is a yes. So let's let's put our ask out there. Let's let's ask for the people that we're meant to meet that are going to have that kind of finance to help seed into it and and pray. So those were the two things was looking for the people that we needed to approach because, you know, people are the money carriers. It doesn't just drop out of heaven. And then also, you know, um, prayer is really amazing. Uh, the Lord answers prayer. And that it's a really good way to know if you're on track when you start to see prayers answered. But um, we just had to do we had to do that faithfully over and over and over and over again. It wasn't just a one time deal where we're like, we need one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. And it was like, bam, it happened. It was literally every single month, sometimes every other week. We had the same process happening and we had to choose to one believe in the vision and in our yes and in the provision that comes to match that yes and then um be faithful with what the lord gave to us and you know there's um you know just even the business practice uh and most nonprofits have to do this and especially in the uk you have to 
you have to source three different you know, play, uh, vendors for quotes in order to get the best possible price. So, you know, we were frugal. We were, we would steward really well what we were given, but we really held to the value that if we were faithful and little, we would be given much. And so we would just be faithful with the little that we received. And then every single time we, we stood on the testimony of the provision from the day before to get the next level. And I mean, you know, having to believe for 30,000, you know, kind of every other week is, is it's stressful. <laughs> And it's stressful. And we've definitely had seasons where it's been, you know, it hasn't been easy. The one that we, when we started the festival in the U S you know, it, we're brand new here. We're just kind of like out of the gate and um, we didn't have enough time to do crazy levels of marketing. And the U S requires extreme marketing for something like this. Um, so we were really, we were definitely looking at a good loss as we went into that festival. And so we just, we came together as a community. We looked at every area that we could cut. We looked at every area. You know, we just evaluated and we would consistently evaluate where are we at? What is the resource that we have? What have you given to us, Lord? And then we would ask, what are the areas that we need to change? And we found what's amazing is in this process of doing this for now nine years, because it's never it's never been like we just have anyone just give us all the money for this festival. We've found that um, that are by just the testimony of the way that the Lord has provided year after year after year, but also our practices of being very frugal and looking and assessing on a regular basis. We've also found that we've become very creative people. You know, I feel like sometimes what happens with people who are just starting out or feel stuck because the resource just isn't there, that they don't want to get creative the creativity is actually the next doorway into that space of more resource and more provision. And so we found, and we've always asked the Lord, okay, what is the creative way here? What is the other path that's not just financial? And we found amazing avenues of, you know, partnerships and, and just some of the communication with the people that actually just want to come and, and donate services, you know, so we've had to, we've had to get creative, but we've just kind of really held to, um, being faithful with little and consistently assessing how we're stewarding things and then asking the Lord to help us get creative with new ways of being resourceful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How does it, um, yeah. How does it feel, Tiffany, like the emotional process um, and then getting the breakthrough? What is, what is, so people are listening through, you know, you're, you've taken them, you know, what the thing, the challenges that you had to go through, but what did it all feel like? Um, I have to say that that's where the community has been tremendous for me, you know, having my board, having all of my team, because as we've all owned the vision and as we've all um, invested and sacrificed for the vision, we've all not been ready to let it go when times get really tough. And so we are able to hold each other accountable to that. 
And so then there's, when there's been the times that I'm like, this is, this is way outside of my wheelhouse. I don't even know how to go and get 130,000 from somebody somewhere, you know, um, I've looked to my team and I've looked to the people around me to help uh, with that. And then, so there's definitely been terrifying moments for sure. I will not say that that this has just been a breeze by any means. We had one year, I think it was 2015 in the UK where our business model had really set in. But this year, for whatever reason, I, I think it was weather and also some of our projections were off. And then we had a few other things that happened financially that we ended up in a loss of like 60 or 70,000 pounds on one event. And that was, that was terrifying because it was like, unless you have the seed to go forward, you still have to pay all of that back. Um, but we just, we, we, we carried each other through it. We believed through it. We prayed through it and the Lord provided. And then the next year, I believe because of the way that we were diligent with our resource and, and diligent in believing that we actually recovered the entirety of that loss and made this, it was like doubled the next year. So um, it's been terrifying. And it's also, once you get through the terror, <laughs> you have the victory, which is really sweet and amazing. And I'm sure you bond as a community even more going through that together. Absolutely. And I think what it has always done, and we always say this to one another, is that if it were, if it came easy for us, you know, of course we would love to not have the stress of the resource. But if it came easy for us, I don't think we would have the dependency on Jesus and one another that we do have now. Every time it refreshes, it always has to be about the Lord providing for us. And that's a good place to be. It is. And I think part of what we face, even for business owners, I'm speaking to all you executives out there, owners, people that are successful in finance. A lot of times the, the issue of the heart is, are we creating wealth because we trust God? Or are we creating enough wealth so that we don't have to trust him? Mm. And you can create wealth and live like a pauper. And I think this is the problem we face in the Western world is oftentimes we think that some people have first world souls because they have money. No, you know, we're all dealing with third world souls, third world mindsets, whether you're a person living on the streets or you're a person who's living in a mansion. If you're trying to make it work so you don't have to trust God, you're living with a third world soul. Mm. And so that that process that you're talking about, Tiffany, I thought you so eloquently described the tension that shows up. Then the team comes in together. You guys need each other. And then you also said, and you needed to go find people that you weren't in relationship with yet because they had the resources. I think part of the mindset of the American, and we've talked about this in other episodes, is the, the greatest hero is the Lone Ranger meaning the person that knows how to do it themselves. And so psychologically, we can even have that with our relationship with God that we, you know, we've made it in life when we don't need anybody but God. And even sometimes we don't need him. That's just a sign of pure maturity is when we've reached that place. Or the flip side is we must be doing something wrong if we need the people around us. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we need community. So there's something inherently wrong with me because I can't figure it out on my own. And then to take it another level, which you just described, when a community of people needs resources that the community itself can't find, 
and they come to grips with they need to enlarge their community in order to get the resources. I think that's an epiphany in many people's lives is, is that they're looking in the reduced community for something that is not there. And to your point, sometimes that creativity is broadening the community because I know for me, some of the greatest friendships that I've developed through the years has become because I had a need that my current community couldn't fill. And I had to go find somebody who had something that I needed. Mm. And it started a conversation. And then not just finance, I'm talking about strengths, right? Ways of thinking. I am, I am a, I am a, unapologetic thief of other people's strengths. I will get next to somebody who's strong in an area until it becomes my strength. And I got to be honest. I, I think without that, I would be a hermit. I really would. I would be a hermit. Tiffany, I would be, I would be eating fruit loops, Reese's pieces, cereal, Not and lucky charms with pizza every night by myself You know, and not, I'm not saying Tiffany, that there's anything wrong with that. Cause I think we've, you know, we've already gotten past that. Tiffany, by the way, those of you who are listening is an expert at cereal and, uh, and her husband brings the pizza. It's an amazing combination, but that's where I would be. I would be in hiding because sometimes I just, and I should, I should, I'm a thinker. I should be able to figure this out on my own, but the need forces me. I'm either going to die by myself or I'm forced to realize, no, God has hidden the answer to my problems in someone else. And sometimes he'll even withhold it. He won't give it to me. He'll hide it in somebody I don't want to talk to. I don't want to be friends with. I just want to be in my group of five. And I'm like, God, no, (laughs) no. And I've watched, I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm there in the UK and I'm watching your team and then I'm thinking, man, and I watched you move here. You know, I was, I met you probably six months, a year after you moved here, you had to meet a whole new group of people. What was that process? I mean, you've you've been running for years. You guys know each other's body language in the UK. You know, you know, when, you know, when somebody's going to pass the ball, this and that, and then you show up and you got a bunch of people looking like me going, okay, throw me the ball, Tiff, throw me the ball. What was your process of learning with new people and an ancient vision, but with new people? How did you handle that? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I think um, the, there's the temptation to want when I've developed a team in the UK and we have a culture in the, in the UK to come here and have the exact same and recognizing that you're coming to a new culture. It's a new place, a new environment and there's a totally different history, it's it's really hard to try and have exactly the same thing. So I, I definitely found it a learning curve. It was the first time to like try and pioneer something again in, in my own nation. So I had that advantage that I was working with a culture that I was familiar with. Um, but I definitely had to, it was a bit of a dance, you know, and I think that I think one of the biggest things that you have to really realize is that um, as entrepreneurs and ministry people, we can, we can look at what failure, you know, we can, we have a little idea of what failure looks like. And I think that once, and then we have our go-tos to what we do in failure. 
And I just think that we have to learn how to be open to trying and failing and then trying again. And, you know, just the whole Abe, Abe Lincoln philosophy. Yeah. But um, I, I think that that was, that was definitely a, a hard process for me when we moved here was that I had to try and I failed a little bit and then I had to try again. And, and really I had to go, <laughs> I had to be humble. You know, I had to eat a little bit of humble pie and um, to learn how to be in relationship with other people. It wasn't that I wasn't trying to be in relationship. It was just that it's, it's a new dance to come into a new community and try to bring a new idea and then invite the whole community into that. You kind of have to get a feel for where everybody's at. So it was, um, I'm glad that I did the dance and, you know, just have been re reflecting on it in this last year. And I think that, um, I do think that the Lord always honors a heart to have relationship. And so I think that whenever we are, we are aiming for connection above you know, a transactional type of relationship so that we can know one another first and then build together. I feel like that goes a lot further because the transactional, you then find out who each other is later and that's where problems end up happening. So um, I really feel like even though it was a tough dance, the Lord honors that, that heart for relationship. That's really good. That's really good. Would you say, would you say that the flavor changed in a different culture, meaning was DTUS exactly like DTUK? Were there some differences because there were different people involved in a different culture? Did some things stay the same and other things change? What was that experience for you? I felt like I was actually amazed that we had quite a similar culture here in the U.S. for our first year. Um, cause it actually took a very, it took us about three years to really have that culture in the UK. I think the dynamic of integrating teams from the UK and the U S helped a lot because the guys from the UK who really carry the heart and the DNA came to serve and to, to, to know the, the people on the team here and to really support and to help. Um, so I have to say that I we all were very surprised and taken aback that it could carry almost a very similar DNA and heart, even in our first year. And I felt like I was actually really blown away at the, the family and the community of San Diego and the way that they supported, stepped in, owned the vision. And um, from what I've heard of California, you know, that's the other thing that can, can cause anyone to stop in their tracks is just all that you hear about the competitive nature um, of business in California and ministry in California. And so um, I think you just have to learn how to not listen to that kind of stuff and stay, stay, you know, stay true to your vision and stay true to what you feel like the Lord is saying to do and focus on relationship and building together. That's really good. And I think you brought up something that did make a huge difference. I know from my perspective is the UK team that came over just served amazingly. And that's not always seen when you think in, in terms of business acquisition. Oftentimes, if a business purchases another business or is about to you know, franchise, that there, if there isn't the serving, it's really challenging for the people that are learning to have buy-in. They can have the right action, but not capture capture the heart, right. and 
I remember watching that, you know, watching the the directors of UK come and just surf. Yeah. And then the people that have been leading for years and years and years just come surf, do do sessions in the middle of the night. It was profound for me to see that kind of of culture. Um, but it's it's con you know, it's not intuitive. If you're saying, I want to plant this culture somewhere else, let's go serve. It's usually, if I want to go plant this culture somewhere else, let's go take charge. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I found that too. I found um, just being an out, you know, kind of a little bit just going to the event. I saw not only um, people working and serving, but there was, they were a part of the community as well. So it's not just that you have, you know, paid employees or serving volunteers. It's they were welcoming us to be a part of it all. And they were, um, you know, amongst us. They weren't just that team over there or that team over there. They're doing media and this is happening cameras and all of that. But I really felt like, um, just, it was community. They were part of a community. They weren't just busy bees. Yeah. So what do you, what would you say, you know, cause I think moving forward, we, we, you know, of course next year are going to have both DT UK, DT US back up and running. You guys are doing stuff right now. What have you learned in this year that you would not have known without the tension that they, this year COVID has brought a tremendous tension on so many different people, but with you, what have you learned that you would not have learned without this year? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> that is a hefty question. Um, I feel like I feel like I personally as a leader have learned a lot. I think that when you have this kind of attention, you're able to see you're able to really have to sift through what is a priority and what's not a priority. It's almost kind of like you trim the fat a little bit. And um, I feel like I feel like I've learned the areas where we could reprioritize a little bit better. You know, once you've been building something for eight years and then nine years, and then especially last year doing two festivals in one year was like a lot for me and especially for our core team. Um, I think that you, we've had the privilege this year of being able to look and see where maybe in the midst of all of the hecticness and the craziness that we've maybe, uh, not prioritize some of the values that we've wanted to assure are there. And so I think we've just been able to tighten things back up. I think the other side of it is we're dipping into that creative space again in terms of resource and just how do we use the voice that we feel like the Lord has given to us? You know, I think again, like it's very easy when you've been operating in a certain model to for especially for a long period of time you just kind of think it's over it's like collapsing and on itself and that's how it feels probably for a lot of business people right now um but i think that there are new avenues and new ways of doing things that we're all meant to begin to seek out in order to go into the next era and so we're learning how to be creative and kind of trim that fat off so that we carry our values and all of the things that are really important to us into a new way of doing things. I love that. You know, there's a story in the old Testament about old Testament about a prophet who is with a widow who doesn't have enough food. And he tells the widow, listen, go and borrow jars from all your neighbors 
and bring the jars back here. And she just had a little bit of oil left in her house. So she goes to all of her neighbors and grabs all the jars and brings them into her house. All the jars she, she could collect from her neighbors and poured the oil that she had and that it kept filling jars, meaning the oil multiplied and again and again and again, filling all the jars and it continued to pour and multiply until she ran out of jars. Her jars she got from her community, Hmm. meaning her provision was directly tied to her community. And the provision stopped directly tied to where her community stopped. Hmm. And I really think that might be a word that I just love for you just to bless the listeners today, Tiffany, because I'm I'm hearing this theme that says that many people might not have the resources for the vision God's given them. And it might be because their community has stopped happening and they need to broaden it, meet new people. Mm-hmm. And push past isolation. I was wondering if you would just take a moment and bless the listeners to have the courage to broaden their community mm-hmm. and meet new people and have deeper conversations with mm-hmm. those that they're already in contact with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and blessing, I'm assuming you mean prayer. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, Father, we just thank you that you are the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hill, and you are the one that holds all the resource. So, Lord, we thank you that you give us a new and fresh creativity today. Lord, I just ask for your blessing over every single person that's listening today to receive a new understanding of the path forward. Lord, I pray that all of the things that would stop and the walls that would be stopping people from moving forward, that those things would be removed and that there would be a real clarity and perspective to see creatively, to broaden community, to um, have those divine relationships that are going to bring that provision. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that in this season of uh, where things feel isolated and shrunk back, that with to you, Lord, we can see things multiplied. So I just declare a blessing of multiplication over every single person that's trying to steward and facilitate business and ministry in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And all you listeners, I'm telling you, take a moment, make a list, and begin to explore new relationships and begin to go deeper in old relationships. If you will take the time to do it, is it possible that God has hidden the solution to your problem in your community and you're not going to find the solution until you push deeper into relationships? Tanya? Yeah. If you guys want to get connected with Tiffany, go to davidstent.net so you can find out more about what's happening. And also, if you felt empowered by today's episode, subscribe and join our tribe to find out more about our masterclasses, e-courses, and live events. You can also find us on craigmuster.com. And please leave a comment below and tell others about The Craig Muster Show.